The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, you know, what I wanted to speak a little bit about, also, you know, connecting in with these pictures, connecting in with these statues, and uh, also with, um, you know, balance, how important it is, you know, to, to bring balance into our lives and to bring balance into our practice. Um, you know, for example, if we want to you know, build a real good basis for our practice, which is conducive, you know, for, for the mind to become still enough, you know, and to become cooperative enough so that we can really get to know it. We, we need a, a balance for that. And, you know, the same as we saw before in these pictures, you know, the balance between the masculine and the feminine. We can also you know, on the outside, but the balance between monks and nuns, you know, to give the nuns the same respect as the monks, because that protects actually the monks also from, you know, going off on a tangent. If there is like a certain, you know, relationship there which, is, which protects us. And when I was speaking before about, you know, also the precepts, the sila, which they are not like... Uh, commandments or, or judgments about anybody's behavior, but they're more like uh, suggestions how to behave in, in relationship with uh, other people and not only people, but with other sentient beings and, and with, even with the planet itself, you know. Because we are in this time and age now, we, we start to see, you know, through not being... Uh, aware about the importance of relationship, our situation on the planet is, is getting increasingly more alarming. I'm sure you have heard. And, you know, if there would be more attention paid to a balanced approach, then surely we wouldn't have come to where we are right now. But that's where we are, and I think the most important thing now is to just really fully turn to it and attend to one's own body and mind, to attend the balance, to the balance within ourselves, so we can, you know, so we can really fully take in what is happening, to have the, you know, have the strength to face the situation, and only from that will we know, you know, what are the next steps. And it is possible you know, that for over, almost 200 years, you know, these beautiful statues have been in this temple and nobody knew about it. Even the temple is in the center of Bangkok. It's, I found it a little bit similar to the situation we find ourselves on the planet now, you know, where we have been living here in a way like, you know, the, this planet is so huge and there's so much of everything. And we can just take what we like and it's never going to stop. And we can just, you know, all of the garbage and all of those things we don't like, we just put on one side. And because this is also endlessly big, you know, we'll never have any limits. And now suddenly, you know, after, you know, just about a good 100 years of industrial society, we suddenly, 
you know, we run against this very strong limits now. We, we start to wake up that we actually, we're destroying our own, uh, you know, living space. And I think it is for many of us, it's very difficult to, to open up to that truth. And, and in order to be able to do that, I think it's very important to pay attention to our own uh, inner landscape, you know, and to regain balance so that we have the strength and the um, courage, you know, to, to really take a look and, and see, you know, in which way can we respond. And I brought you know, a quote of the Buddha with me today, which is from the uh, Samyutta Nikaya, which is one of the four great books you know, of the suttas. And I'm going to read that out to you. And the Buddha says here in the sutta, looking after oneself, one looks after others. Looking after others, one looks after oneself. How does one look after others? By looking after oneself. By practicing mindfulness, developing it and making it grow. How does one look after oneself? By looking after others. By patience, non-harming, loving kindness and caring. And this, you know, the sutta is quite well known. It's, uh, it's, it's called like the Acrobat Sutta, where there is, you might have heard about that sutta before, have you? No? It's one of the very, it's quite often quoted, where there is like a, an acrobat and his apprentice, they're performing, you know, on a, on, a, on a village place or somewhere, and people, you know, come to look and then give them a little bit of money. So he says to the apprentice, you know, you, the, the chief acrobat, who holds like a pole, you know, and the apprentice climbs on top of the pole and makes different movements or something. So he says to the apprentice, you know, you look after me and I look after you. And in this way, you know, everything will go well and we'll make money and we have food to eat. And the apprentice says, no, no, it's not like that. You know, you look after yourself and I look after myself. You look after your balance and I look after my balance. And by looking after my balance, I protect you. And if you look after your balance, you protect me. Because I can't look after your balance. Only you yourself can do that. And if you are stable, then it's easy for me you know, to stay on top of you and do my peace and, and stay stable myself. So I found that a very um, you know, interesting approach and you can also you know, extrapolate it on the, uh, on the precepts, for example, you know, on how we behave in relationship. Because the precepts are all about that, you know, how we behave in relationship, not only to other people, but also, you know, to all living beings, to the earth, to the trees, to the air, to, to the insects, animals, to everything. You know, how we, 
do we take more than what is given or or can we you know be mindful you know of how much we need and take only that and you know if for example you know in relationship if we have really deeply looked within ourselves and if we have gotten to know ourselves how we are you know with certain situations how difficult it is for us you know to sometimes you know keep our equilibrium then we can extrapolate that on other people and that you know automatically can bring those qualities you know of patience and kindness and caring and if you know we really look very deeply into ourselves we we know you know how we can uh, you know protect ourselves of being thrown into certain situations where we become very vulnerable you know to maybe you know act out in a way which we later regret so there is many ways you know how we can look after ourselves in order to be able to look after others so it's it's all you know in the end of the day if we really look deeply you know we can't really find you know where where we end and where others start because we are also very much interconnected you know and the way how we are inside of ourselves we are projecting that onto the world outside onto other people so it's all very very much interconnected and it and through meditation you know and through a reflection we start to become aware of this depths of interconnectedness and and that automatically you know results in wishing others well and in wanting to you know benefit other people because we see how much that is is part of our own uh experience you know the experience of others so you know if you just for example you know, if you come back home and and your partner you know is at home and you know if you if he or she is in a good space or if he or she is in an angry space it will make a total difference to your experience of coming home so that's just a very simple example you know so and you know and, and we can extrapolate it onto our planetary situation as well you know seeing that we are not just living on top of planet earth and you know being the masters who can kind of take this and not want this but you know seeing that we are part of it you know we are an intricate part of it and we are we are we are one living organism not only you know just with our family members and with even you know all members of the the human all members of the of maybe you know san francisco or california or america or the whole globe we are all totally interdependent and it has never been as clear as it is now you know there is no way that we can protect with weapons or you know with the most you know um sophisticated uh arrangements we can't protect ourselves any longer because you know you can't keep 
control over the earth and over the air and over the water and over the soil. It's all kind of completely interconnected and we can't... This old approach is, is not anymore working, you know. And, and I think, you know, it's, on one hand it's, it's quite shocking and, and it's quite scary because, you know, we are waking up to that fact now slowly as a, as a global community. And on the other hand, you know, it's the ultimate challenge for, for practice, you know, because now we have to practice because that's the only way how we can address this because it's, it's our you know, inner afflictive emotions which have brought us to this point. And we can only respond by you know, first really looking deep in ourselves and seeing you know, in which way are we um, contributing to this. And... I find it's, it's a very powerful time in history now, you know, where, where it's the, our global situation which forces us to, if we want to, you know, keep going, it forces us to really look deeply more than ever before. And we can take that as, a, as an opportunity, you know. So, you know, because there's so many um, treasures, you know, which we haven't been accessing because we have been distracting ourselves, you know, with, uh, with the old paradigm which is all about consuming, you know, and trying to find happiness by, by having more things, you know, and going around the planet and digging up things or you know, fishing out things or whatever, doing all kinds of, you know, just accumulating and accumulating. And it's now coming to the point where it just doesn't work anymore. So, you know, we, we are forced to, to try to find a different avenue for happiness. And, you know, the Buddha has been coming up with uh, ideas for that already 2,500 years ago. So maybe there's now more takers for that. You know, and there's also other, you know, spiritual approaches who, who bring out the same truths just in, in different ways. And, and Buddhism is just one way, and it has worked very well, you know, in the Western countries because the uh, technology of meditation is very, is very clear, and it's very much in congruence with with the findings of of modern science. So that's why Westerners have been very much interested in Buddhism, but there's other ways as well, and you know, I wonder if you have, you would like to have you know, discuss something about that, or have maybe any questions about it? We have a little bit more time. Yeah. Sometimes I get um, kind of, I'll get a hopeless feeling mm. when I think about Rick Santorum or somebody <laughs> what's going on in this country. Um, and then I'm not sure what to do. But what I did recently was start writing letters to the White House and to the senators. And something changed, actually. One of the things I wrote about, so if 
apparently if I wrote and a million other people wrote too, um, um, something actually happened. I couldn't believe it. Isn't that great? It was great. What was it? Let us know what that was. Um, they reduced at the beginning of the year the, the number of weeks of unemployment, which was going to put a million people, I think even just in the state, out with no money whatsoever coming in. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wrote and said, you, you can't do this in this economy. And mm -hmm. uh, they just on March 13th, uh, President Obama changed it back to the way it was. Wonderful, you see. Yeah, so. it's great, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, you know, this is what, you know, what many, what the first reaction of many people is, including myself, you know, this feeling of hopelessness, this is all too big, you know, and we don't have the institutions to address all of those issues, you know. But I think the most important thing is, you know, to first just, you know, open yourself to that feeling of hopelessness, you know, and allow yourself to have that feeling because it's no surprise, you know. This is how it starts. You know, it's just very simple mindfulness practice, you know, as we have been doing it in the meditation before, to just allowing whatever is here in the present moment, to just let it be there. And, you know, if you fully open to it, it's going to change because no mind stays is permanent, you know, as we all know. And then, you know, from that, from that ability to be with what is, the next steps become apparent, you know, like, you know, for example, writing a letter and then you get a reaction back, you know, that has an effect on you, that gives you energy, then you can do more, you know. It's just one step at a, one baby step at a time, you know, to start small, you know, to have that, that willingness to start small just where you are. And, you know, I, I have, I found a very beautiful, I find, a very beautiful checklist of an American woman. Her name is Joanna Macy. Have you heard about her? She's an eco-philosopher who is also a, and also a Buddhist teacher. She lives in Berkeley. She's in her 80s, actually, now. And her most well-known book is, is a Buddhist book. It's called World as Lover, World as Self, where she speaks about these environmental issues. And she has a checklist you know, about how to go about exactly what you are saying, you know. And the first point is um, come from gratitude, you know, gratitude that we are here and that we have a life, you know, and, and that we can practice. Because the human birth is considered, you know, the most fortunate birth for practice. Because we have this mixture between pleasure and pain, you know, which allows us to, you know, to, to, to have enough... Um, incentive to practice, but not too much suffering, you know. Most of us, at least, you know, come from gratitude for this, for this opportunity to, to live and practice. And the second one, don't fear the dark. You know, don't fear the feelings of helpless, the emotions rather, of helplessness and despair, not knowing what to do, confusion. Don't be afraid of it. Just allow it to be there and open to it and, and, and see what happens, you know, just what you, you did, you know, and then something happened you didn't believe it would. It's amazing. I'm very glad to hear that. Then the third one is dare to vision. You know, what you did, you know, have a vision and, and do something. You know, even if it's only small, but dare to have a vision and act on it. Not say before already it's not going to work, because then such things never happen. 
And then the fourth one is link arms. You know, work together. You know, come to meetings like this, you know, and share your feelings of hopelessness or, or also your, your, your success stories, you know, because it will, it will motivate others also. And the fifth one is act your age. And act your age, she said that in terms of, you know, we are all part of this planet and planet Earth is, is you know, about 4.5 billion years old, you know, and all of the bits which make up our body, they are part of the earth, you know, and the earth itself is, is made from stardust. And, you know, this universe is about 14 billion years old. So act your age, your true age is 14 billion years. And, you know, you do have a lot of information in here. We just have to access it, you know. And meditation is a way, you know, to tune inside and to see what is there, you know, not to be just distracted by the thinking mind because the thinking mind is is very superficial you know we have to go underneath we have to go really deep into this whole system you know because consciousness is not just here consciousness is through the whole body so come from gratitude don't fear the dark dare to vision link arms and act your age which is 14 billion years. You know, act with that authority. So I found that very uplifting, you know. Because it's exactly like that, you know, we, because we, we are at the end of the old paradigm, I would think, you know, because it becomes more and more apparent that we don't have the institutions, we don't know how to respond. We have to rebuild everything, you know. And... And for me, you know, this is, uh, this links very much in with the pictures I was showing you before, you know, those statues, they were there already almost 200 years, you know, nobody knew about it. And, and then suddenly, you know, people become aware of, of a whole different sector, which was, you know, not accessed before because people were distracted, you know, with other things. And then suddenly, you know, because it's all here, we just, we just have not paid attention, you know. Because I think the knowledge is all here. But we were always distracted, you know, with running after shopping more of this and getting more of that, you know. Because that was just the stage of the evolution of consciousness we were in, you know. But now, because of the pressure of the environmental situation forces us, you know, to go further, you know, to, to leave that stage behind now and, to, and to, to go further and that's it's scary you know because we, 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 we go into the unknown but actually you know we do that every day we are just not aware of it you know I mean even now you know I, I, I didn't really know if I would arrive here with Claire we could have had an accident you know well whatever you know and I don't know if we're going to get back or if you go back home you might never arrive actually we constantly you know go into the unknown every moment. And I think, you know, we have to just uh, really take more advantage, actually, of, of the different spiritual teachings we do have and, and take, um, you know, take some solace from, from the people you who know, have gone before us and, 
And there have been, you know, countless people who have been really realizing those insights, you know. And, and everybody can do that, you know. The, well, the only thing you need to do is to get started and don't stop. You know? And instead of despairing, you know, with the situation, we can take it as a, as a wake-up call. And, you know, if, if I would be alone with this, I would find that very scary, but I know I'm not, you know. And there's, there's so many, you know, different circles of people meeting under different, you know, titles, like a meditation group like that is one opportunity, but there's many others, you know. There's, I think, more than one billion, you know, alternative groups all around the planet, you know, meditation groups and NGOs and you know, groups like about, you know, green initiatives. I mean, there's so, so many, many, many circles of people. So it all, you know, it's already started. We just need to, uh, you know, link into it and, and, and walk what we see in the meditation, you know, really walk our truth. And actually it's not as difficult if you're doing it, when you're thinking about it, it all sounds very difficult. But if you're doing it, it's not that difficult, actually, because you get something back. You know, like you, you have that success story, and then you know, it gives you a surge of energy. You can do double after that, you know? And, and it's, it's like the laws of nature, they are on our side if we get to know them through the meditation and we work hand in hand with them. It's... You know, it's not impossible. And Joanna Macy calls that the great turning, you know, the time now. The great turning where more and more people become aware and they all want to turn, you know, because they don't, we don't want to lose this beautiful planet, you know. We want to pass it on to our children and, you know, grandchildren and next generations. You know, because, you know, we just haven't been knowing what we were doing, basically. You know? Otherwise, we wouldn't have been doing it. But we didn't have the... We weren't yet there you know, to be able to take it in. But now, suddenly, you know, it starts to dawn on more and more people. And, and it's a lot of work, you know, like clean up the mess, basically. But it can be done. We have to just kind of do it, you know. And coming to groups like this, you know, starting to bring up that issue and speaking about it, you know, and, and sharing stories and sharing fears and, and sharing approaches. That's, it's already, we're already doing it, basically, you know. Yeah. Anybody else want to say something? Yes, please. A couple of years back, I had a client who was working very hard to um, better herself. She was going to school to become a pharmacist, and she tried to apply for um, food stamps in California, and they changed the requirement at that time that you had to make less than $1,400 to get food stamps. And at that time, she was really struggling with food. And so um, it was my birthday, and I asked all my friends, 
to bring food for my birthday and gift cards, and the outpouring was amazing, mm -hmm. and much more than I had thought. And um, we gave all this food and these gift cards to her. And that really gave her a lot of hope that strangers would help her mm -hmm. just when I asked. Mm -hmm. So, and it was so easy just to ask everyone mm -hmm. to bring food. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And I know when she picked everything up, she, was, she said it felt like Christmas. <laughs> it's lovely. Thank you. Thank you. And when they see things that are possible to have, they tend that that other people have. They tend to want it for themselves. So mm -hmm. <laughs> they work real hard so they can get all these things, and they seem to like working hard and like having all these things. But I do think there are some of us who just never thought that way, or we were indoctrinated into that way of thinking, that culture, and mm -hmm. went along with it, and, and finally learned to admit to ourselves we really don't like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Opting out, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, you know, uh, it is a mess, and, you know, I'm not doing much to fix it, but I am trying to uh, purchase as little as possible. Mm -hmm. and, um, and you can go pretty far in that direction. Yes, you can. You don't need to buy much. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does anybody else like to say something? I think the greatest joy is when you give things away. Yeah. Things that you've had for a long time that you're not using, mm -hmm. that are just taking up space, mm -hmm. and you don't need them, and you pass it on to someone else. I know recently, uh, I think it was in January, or maybe, yeah, January. I gave away half of my closet and I called someone who I thought needed it and she came over and picked it up and she said, well, I have a friend that doesn't have any money to buy any clothes, mm. so I'm going to give it to her. Mm. But if you look inside your house at how many things you have, some of which you never even look at or touch, it is a good feeling to yeah. give things away. Very good, yeah. Yeah, I like and, that feeling. Yeah, and also another that the power of being able to receive well, you know, is as much as the power to give. It's really, you know, to have something really well received, which we give away. It's also not kind of so easy, you know, to to find, uh, you know, the right um, right person who who really can fully receive what we give. So that's a great joy, you know. If, if somebody can receive really well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting that this subject should come up because um, most recently I um, felt, felt very depressed. And I identified the other morning that it was because my life is not where I thought it would be at the age of 44. Mm -hmm. I thought that I would have a home and drive a nice car and be gainfully employed mm -hmm. and have the trappings, really, Yeah. and I don't. Mm -hmm. And it causes some suffering. Right. Yet, in my spiritual seeking, everything I read suggests 
materialism is the negative and it's the spiritual that will truly fill us and I believe that yet I still am almost mourning the realization that I don't have what I thought I would have or I'm not where I thought I should be mm. and so in a sense I've bought into societal's definition of success and how does one stave that off when we live here on the pen I just moved to the peninsula a year ago mm -hmm. and haven't worked this whole year finally I just got a part-time job mm -hmm. um, but this is the most expensive place I've ever lived and um, it's the least amount of money I've ever made and it's <laughs> just it's ironic how um, that reality yeah. has created a bit of suffering in me and I'm trying to transcend that suffering through I mean, spiritual practice. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, we do all have needs, you know, I mean, you do, you do, you need shelter, your food, clothing and medicine. I mean, that's the basic, what every human being needs in order to, to live, you know, and, and if, if you don't have that, then it is, can be very difficult, yeah. So this is where, you know, why it's important to you know, do not kind of um, distract oneself from one, one's needs. It's, it's, you know, it's the needs we need, but it's about the wants, you know. It's the difference between needing and wanting. And also, you know, I'm, you know, I'm an alms mendicant, basically. You know, the sister and I in San Francisco, we live on alms, basically on donation. And, you know, our, all our needs are covered basically by that, you know. But we, the only thing where you can have a curb is, is your wants, you know. Because there's, there's, I think there's enough for, for, for everyone's needs, but not for everyone's wants, you know. And, and the wants in this society are especially, you know, out of uh, touch with, with, the, with real needs, you know. And that this brings you some grief, you know, you know. Uh, I think that's what's called often like the midlife crisis, you know. People come to midlife and then you, you look back and you look ahead and you look what you have and you compare yourself and so on and so forth. It can be very painful, you know, because the conditioning of having grown up in this society for 44 years, it's throughout your system, you know. And it, you probably have to do some, you know, kind of conscious grieving about this. It's not about, you know, kind of pushing it away, but to, to just really allow yourself to, to see, you know, also you have been influenced by this conditioning and to just uh, see it very clearly because that's the only way how you can transform it because, you know, transcending is not about, you know, raising a bath and, you know, leaving everything behind, but it's you're going through it, you know, and you come out the other end. And going through it is, you know, to allow yourself to fully feel everything, you know, the feeling of loss and the feeling of, you know, maybe a certain amount of um, angst, you know, about the future, of course. Because only if you're really open to your feelings, you know, then you'll know what to do next, you know. Maybe, I mean, I, I don't really know about your situation, but, you know, maybe it's not the right place to be, you know. If it's the most expensive place where you make the least money, just doesn't make sense, maybe, you know, I, I don't really know what other circumstances there are, but, you know, take in all of the information, don't turn away from that which is scary, 
And, you know, if we really let the truth in, we will know what to do. We only are confused and don't know what to do if we only let in the things, you know, only a part of it. And that's the other part is sometimes really letting the truth in is so scary and so painful. Yeah. And a part of me wants to just turn away and carry on, status quo. Yeah, it's that's normal. also not acceptable anymore either. Yeah, but you know, this is, to have that, you know, this is, when I said about before, you know, this is the wisdom and compassion, you know, you have to look at all of those things and, and have to, I mean, I can't even, one can't say have to, you know, but, you know, the solution of it is, is the willingness, you know, to, to be with what is. It's always very simple, just as we did before in the meditation, you know, the willingness to be with what is, the, you know, the, um, not, don't fear the dark, you know, don't fear the dark feelings, because they are impermanent. And they hold a lot of wisdom in, in, in their essence, you know. That's very important. And, and if it's scary, you know, then do it, don't do it alone, you know. You don't have to do it alone because there's other people, you know, like a group like this or, you know, other opportunities. We don't have to do it alone, you know, because you're not the only one. I mean, you know, there's many like you and me, you know. Yeah. I think we, it's time to end. And I'd like to end with a chant. <laughs> 